0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Finding God podcast. I am your host, Kiana W. Mitchell. This week we have an amazing guest. Her name is Fia Kennedy and she is the CEO at kebnradio.com. She's the founder and chief executive officer at Life Through Art and senior pastor at Wesley Chapel AME Church. Fia has an amazing story to tell about how she found God, and it's funny because she talks about how her journey with finding God started with one simple prayer. So without further ado, here's the interview that I did with Fia Kennedy. Hello, Fia. How are you doing?
1: I am supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I am fantabulous. So glad you asked. How are you? I'm
0: doing amazing. And thank you so much for being a guest of the Finding God podcast. I am so happy that you're here and I can't wait to hear your story of how you found God.
1: All right. I'm looking forward to sharing my story. All right. Well, I have a question for you. My first question
0: I ask every single guest, what was your childhood like?
1: In one word, hmm. I have to have more than one word. Yeah, fun, but also challenging. Um, I say fun and challenging because my brother and I always made something out of nothing uh, for us. Playing outside, and our imaginary friends, our um, this. We had a lot of fun together just growing up. Um, I say challenging because as I got older. I was teased horrendously because I was so skinny. I was dark. My hair was just always crazy. It was just crazy. I had really bad acne and I was teased. So that was a challenging part of my childhood. Um, It was fun because me and my brother made it fun. Although we fight like cats and dogs when we were younger, um, but we were like best of friends when it came to um, anything outside of us. You know, we're going to have fun together, but we also challenge each other. But the challenging part of my childhood was just the teasing and the bullying, um, that aspect. Um, but it was always uh, fun. And when it comes to my family, my mother, my dad. Um, my dad was artistic. My mom was very domestic, taught me how to cook, how, um, how to sew, all things, you know, um, motherly and domestic kind of stuff. Um, But uh, tomboy forever. I'm a recovering tomboy. Um, I'm a tomboy with uh, stilettos. (laughs) Um, But yeah, yeah. Fun and challenging.
0: Wow. That's a lot. So did you ever (laughs) tell anybody about being teased or did your parents help you resolve that or what happened with that?
1: I think that was really the catalyst. I mean, um, many times when I post on social media, I'll put a butterfly behind my name because for for so long, I was a caterpillar, meaning I hid Um, when I was teased about how skinny I was. I always wore big clothes, baggy clothes. So when someone could not identify my shape, I'm trying to hide myself to, you know, just to prevent the teasing and the bullying. Um, But that was really the catalyst, me being in this caterpillar shell hiding, but getting nutrients from from parents who affirm me. From um people who truly love me. That was my nutrients, right? But I was still in the caterpillar um uh, cocoon per se, because although I have family and friends that truly love me for me, it was the outsiders that I got the bullying from and the teasing from. So those things cult you know really manufactured, manifested itself to the point to who I who I am today. Is it resolved? Yes. Um do I have sometimes have blockage? Yes. Um I say that because Um, I have morphed and grown and evolved um, in loving, totally giving myself permission to love all of me. Uh, What I mean by that is many times um, we will take on what people say and hold it as truth. And when you um, I know we're going to get to finding God, um, we're going to get to that. But it was my relationship and understanding who I am in God that helped me get to that butterfly stage faster. And honestly, it was not really until um, maybe in college that I really started to find out who Fia really was. And that season kind of helped nurture me. Um, But it was um, when I had my own children that I really began to soar. What I mean by sore, being confident in who i am my 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 frame, my small frame um my skin my nose my my lips, my full lips, and just really embracing who I am and so yes, it's resolved, yes, I still have family I have family and friends that affirm me, but it had to be me affirming myself exactly
0: now that's and you know it's not unusual for, especially like women when they get older to figure it all out. Because I think regardless of what your shape is, what your color is, I think all of us, especially women, we're so hard on ourselves about every little thing. And I think it's because that's just the way society is set up. You have to look a certain way, have a certain body type. And if you don't, then something must be wrong. Or at least that's how we perceive it, because we're not like what the beauty factor is. And so the whole thing is, I just think that it takes growing up for all of us to mature and figure out that we're... Good enough just the way we are. We're beautiful the way we are. So I like that you've said that because it is a process and a lot of us don't get it until we're older. Actually, the majority of women don't figure it out until we're older. So I appreciate you saying that.
1: And it's it's yes, a lot of women don't get it to their older, although those nuggets and those um, wisdom and that affirmation was with you as a young girl. But when you're battling what my mom, I have a part in one of my spoken word pieces um, where I say, um, that my daddy tells me that I'm beautiful. My mother tells me that I'm precious, but a pretty puppy that's been beaten still flinches. Yeah. So you can get affirmation and love from people who are close to you. But when you're entrenched in a society and trying to navigate life, you have an attention, tension between what your parents and people who love you, what they say. And then uh, the tension between the, the, um, What society says, what your peers say, what children that don't know you say, what adults that don't know you, what they would say. So you're going back and forth and you're trying to figure out, okay, they're telling me this on one hand and I'm I'm hearing this on the other hand. Are they telling me this because they love me and they're just trying to just make me feel good? Is this really true? And then you go, you're battling. Is what they're telling me really true? Um, You're just and then you get to a point like, wait a minute, what do you say is true? Right, mm-hmm. so when we think about the word, think on those things that are true, think on those things that are lovely. Right, so you're gonna have to start talking to yourself, and that's what I mean by that evolution between um caterpillar and butterfly the things that we feed ourselves, right? Not mm-hmm. necessarily what you hear on both ends of the spectrum. What do you say to yourself? No,
0: that's very good. So, when you're younger did you hear about that? Did you know anything about him growing up as a child? Like, what were you taught about that if you knew
1: about him at that age? It was, I believe, middle school. I think sixth grade, maybe fifth or sixth grade, my parents became very, very involved in church, and my brother and I were drug babies. (laughs) we were drugged to church. We didn't sometimes didn't, we want to go hang out and be with our other friends, but our parents was adamant about us attending church. And given that my parents were leaders in church, we didn't have a much, we were voluntold to do a lot of different things in church. So that was really my foundation um, just growing up because my parents were lay leaders in the church. And um, of course, you know, as I said it, Volunteered to do this and that and participate in different organizations and this program and that, and that really helped uh, solidify. I won't say it didn't, it didn't solidify. I believe that season was foundational because we were taught about God. And I, I don't know what your next question is going to be, but I think that you can know about God. And not be in relationship with God. Yeah, and
0: that is true. What is one thing that you learned about God that stood that stuck with you as you got older during that time? God is
1: faithful. faithful. God is faithful, and that God God is love. And I I say that because we have a tendency to question that, right? Mm -hmm. Well, if God is love and God is faithful, why am I going through this? why do I have to deal with that? Why did this person, in this situation hurt me? Why does bad things happen to good people? If God is love, God is faithful, right? And I just believe that, you know, there's sometimes, there are no easy answers to uh, a lot of questions, but when I think about, when I think about faith, Right just as you know you've heard the analogy that you know you look at the light switch you know when you flip it the light is going to come on you don't fully comprehend the science between you know behind electricity but you know that it exists Mm
0: -hmm.
1: that's that is my core right we don't always have all the answers to life issues but god is love and god is faithful
0: as you went through your adolescence did any of this help you with that or what was your adolescence like were you still like involved in church did you stray away a little bit like what happened during that time in your life
1: um through um middle school high school heavily involved in church um and church programs um I believe um we didn't have much of a choice Kiana (laughs) Oh, my mom. When we started getting to, you know, like junior and, and junior and senior in high school, it's like, oh, uh, you can go to the party on, on Saturday if you want to, but you're getting up and going to church on Sunday. You know, like you you, you think you're gonna be big and bad and hang hang tough and and ha- hang out, um, and still had a curfew. Uh, but you're going to church on Sunday, right? Uh-huh. And I, I believe that is is nothing. My parents did the best that they could yeah. in raising my brother not in church, um, but. I want to interject because I'm not sure if we, um, where we're going, but I didn't interject because although there are people who grew up in church, again, I think I said it, that knowing about God, knowing church, knowing when to stand, knowing what to say, knowing church vernacular, knowing the songs, knowing, you know, that's one thing.
2: Yeah.
1: So adolescence was the same, grew up in church, you started uh, maturing and seeing, you know, things from a different lens, but I still believed in God. Uh never my my faith in God never really wavered um until my adult life.
0: And what happened in your adult life to kind of make your faith waver a little bit?
1: Um there there was a, I'll never forget it. It's like day, um like yesterday. Um I believe it was um 19 98, 99, somewhere around mm-hmm. there. Um, I asked my boss, I, I want to leave early, um, to attend my son's, um, um, program after some type of program they had at this, his school. And I want to leave work early to make his program at, at the school. And my boss told me, no, um, I worked downtown Dallas at this time and i was really frustrated cuz i was working a lot of long hours um very tedious work and i went in the break room and i prayed i said lord i am sick of this i am ready for something different um, um i no longer want to do this that's what was my exact words mm-hmm. i no longer want to do this that's what i told you know in my prayer unto, unto god and within the hour i'm not talking about two i'm not talking about the next day within the hour my administrator called me in and said, Fia, um, we're gonna let you go. We feel like you uh no, you know, this is a different direction you need to take. If you need a reference, we'll give you a good reference, but we feel you no longer want to be here. Um those weren't her exact words, but it's like it's um it was just so surreal that the hairs of my arms stood up because everything that I was laying out with God in a break room, um, I feel like, you know, the Holy Spirit went to her and said, hey, you know, like uh, God told Moses, go tell my people, let my people go. Right. (laughs) Um, That was one of those uh, uh, Exodus moments. And I'm being funny now. But then it was like I had I wasn't afraid. I wasn't scared. I wasn't mad. I was relieved. Like I knew I I was real. I no longer want to do this. And but the trial and the wavering came that as God took me on a journey, this is before I answered my call. God took me on a journey where I got to a point where, you know, um, unemployment was kind of shaky. Uh, my husband was laid off from his job and I'm like, okay, um, you're laid off. We're both drawing unemployment. We, um, things started turning really bad real fast. We lost our home. We lost our car. Um, it was, it was, um, the part that really made my faith waver, I remember praying in the bathroom. I said, Lord, I've I've served you most of my life. Um, I, you know, I serve in the church. I'm going down the list, pouting really, uh, all the things I do, you know, um, in the church and how I serve in the church. I said, Lord, just please, you know, because we found a buyer for our house Mm -hmm. and the, the deal did not go through. So I'm in the bathroom crying out to God, like, why, you know, I, I've done all this. Why'd you not come through for me? I pray, you say, pray and believe that it, it, it shall come to pass. I'm quoting the word back to God I said, Lord, you said, you know, had a faith the size of a mustard seed, you done, You know, I'm going back and forth, just, um, just really pouting, right? And we moved from our house that our babies were like, um, not even two years old. Um, um, my daughter wasn't two. My son was like in second grade. Um, But anyway, we moved our two little people um, into a rent house, beautiful hardwood floors. And I was mad with God. I was mad with God, Kiana, because we had a buyer for the house, you know, um, that could have shifted everything because the proceeds from the house, we could have moved somewhere else that was less expensive because, you know, our employment situation Um, and then having, you know. One thing after another, the house, the car, and then having to just, you know, like, okay, um, what now? I was mad. Mm-hmm. I was truly mad with God because God did not answer my prayers the way I wanted God to answer my prayers. Yeah. So I was like a little two-year-old pouting, looking and in, in, sulking in the corner, didn't want to have anything to do with God. I just went to church because I knew I was supposed to go, but I was just there. I wasn't there. You know, I was was present, but I was physically there, but I was not present. Um, Just going through the motions for a a period of time. And I mean, things shifted. And I look back now and see why I had to go through it the way I went through it. Um, We went through it. um, And I'm better for it.
0: So what exactly, I know you said things shifted. Can you remember like a specific incident where things started to turn around and you felt like, okay, things are going to be okay, or like has
1: some kind of confirmation, like what happened with that? So the, um, the house, the rent house we moved into after we lost our first house, um, the owner of the rent house, um, told me, say, Hey, we're going to sell this house. We're going to give you three, you guys three months to move, you know, cause we're looking to sell the house. And, um, I'm like, Oh my, OMG. So given that, you know, we had a foreclosure on our first house, um, I can speak freely about it now because God, I mean, I'm healed from it. But the fact of the matter is, um, I'm thinking, what are we going to do? We have three months to find another place to live. We have a, a foreclosure on our uh, credit report. Um, all these different things of, you know, how are we going to find a place? I found this house. And I called the number and this agency broker, I'm not sure who they were, um, said, OK, yeah, we can get you guys approved this, that study, the other. Um so we went to look at the house day before closing. I said, girl, let's go by and look at the house one more time. Um, and he was on one side of the house and I was on the other side of the house. And I was sitting at It was a master bedroom window. I was sitting there, was standing there. And I said, Lord, show me this is where we're supposed to be. Are we, is this the house we're supposed to buy is this where we're supposed to be Lord show me tell me something you know and I believe I want to say this is my first real prayer earnest prayer since coming out of my pouty mode yeah. oh my goodness Kiana right after praying that prayer I got so sick I was like I said oh my gosh I mean I felt just like I was about to explode I felt yeah. horrible And I get in the car. I said, Derek, we need to go. I don't feel good. I do not feel good. We need to go. And the moment we got in the car and turned the block, I felt better. Wow. Yeah, for real. I said, Derek, this is not where we're supposed to be. I called the people and I said, hey, we cannot close on this home. This is not where we're supposed to be. And, oh, my goodness, they lit into me. Oh, we did all this paperwork. We did just that and the other, get you guys qualified. We're going to sue you for our time and the money spent and blah, 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 blah. And I had this holy boldness. I'm like, do what you need to do. But this is not where we're supposed to be. Mm -hmm. The confidence came in that moment because I'm telling you, the moment we turned the block, I felt better. Prior to I felt absolutely horrible. I mean horrible. Um so that was my sign. That was my that was my nudge from the Holy Spirit. So out of my um, I did not call my um I have a girlfriend, a good girlfriend that's a realtor. I didn't call her initially because I was ashamed that, you know, we were in a rent house, in a house I really did not uh, care for, or a neighborhood I didn't care for, but I loved that little cute little house. Um, I was ashamed for it's the foreclosure. You know, there's no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, right? Right. But the enemy was trying to get me to be, oh, woe is me, pitiful, blah, 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 blah. Um, But I called my friend, I said, hey, here's our situation, da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da-da, boom, boom, boom. When I tell you, she said, she came and picked me up and we started looking at houses. The same house that we're in today is the house the Lord gave, um, um, brought us to. Oh, we looked at sir. several different houses. Get this, Kiana. Um, there's a fire hydrant right in front of our house. And I was walking in the neighborhood one day and I stopped at this fire hydrant. And on the fire hydrant, it has Kennedy right on the fire hydrant and I'm like okay hmm like it was just I'm like it wasn't coincidental right because Mm -hmm. I look at all a whole bunch of other fire hydrants they don't have Kennedy on it right but it had our last name on this fire hydrant not only that from not even a month after we closed on this house we got two checks in the mail that I didn't even expect um it's a beautiful thing to get money when you don't expect money, oh absolutely right? you expected it as one thing but surprise you know <laughs> blessings you know um so that was confirmation that the lord had us that the lord is faithful and god is love right yeah. that was my confirmation and every time i turn around and the, the song yeah you heard that song every time i turn around the lord keeps blessing me Yeah. That's my testimony, um there have been yeah, we've had some rough times, we've had some you know um we had some trying moments, but in it all, we never missed a beat, and I truly believe that when you hear my full testimony, I truly believe I had to go through that season for God to see give me another lens of compassion, another lens of empathy for other people because I I rode the the bus for a minute, lost my car. Mm -hmm. I was catching a ride. And in fact, um, um, I was that kind of friend that if I have it, you have it. Yeah. You know, we're going to lunch. Oh, don't worry about it. I'll pick it up. I'll pay for it. You know, because I wanted to. I love giving gifts. I love blessing other people. Mm -hmm. And I believe what God was teaching me in my, my wilderness moment is that I'm your source. You depend on me, mm-hmm. not your stuff. Right. I had to be broken to understand how God sees everybody. Right. Wow. Yeah. It's not what you have. Right. right. There's people who are multimillionaires, millionaires multi-billionaires, but they don't have a level. Yeah, they may be philanthropists. Right. right. But I just believe in. Being the hands and feet of God, you have to see people from the, from, um, the perspective of God, the least of them, and being compassionate. It's, kinda, it's sometimes difficult to be compassionate when everything is going your way, right? So the, I believe the Lord humbled me to show me that I am in, the Lord is in control, not me. All of my strength, all of my hope, all of everything I have comes from God. And when we understand that God is our source, the Lord has a way, a supplying. I know this may sound churchy, or um, but the Lord has a way of making a way out of no way. And he guides you to different things. And you have aha moments like, you know, <laughs> you know, even if God has to say rerouting, rerouting, she tripping, yeah. She's going the wrong direction. Let me reroute her. Right. God is faithful. To, you know, the word says he will bring um, to, um, to completion the things that God has started in us, right? Right, yeah. Um, so when I think about that, we have to go through some of these detours in life for God to to break us of our, you know, our fleshly stuff. That we can be, you know, broken back on a potter's wheel to be molded to do what God has given us to do.
0: That is amazing. So. When did you start during this time? Is this when you started to have like a relationship with God versus just the religious part of it?
1: Actually, it started in 99. Okay. um, It was 99 when my daughter was born. Um, And that breaking period is when I was pouting, I was mad. Um, But in 99, get what my watch what we say and i was in um working downtown dallas i said lord i no longer want to be here
2: mm-hmm.
1: all right? right so in 99 i was in labor with my daughter and she was um uh, a preemie right. she came early i remember my husband came home from work he worked on uh, night shift he came, it was a Saturday night. He came home and he was rubbing my belly. He says, you're going to come out and play with daddy. <laughs> and he was speaking prophetically because I went into labor that same night. Um, she, I went into labor with her and the doctors were saying all the things that was going to be wrong with my baby. And she wasn't going to be able to breathe. She, her, her lungs haven't developed, you know, um, her, all of her organ, everything. She was just totally, really underdeveloped. And they were trying to give their disclaimer as to what will be wrong, just to warn me that she comes out, don't be alarmed. These are some of the things that we are expecting. These are some of the right. things based on the gestation, based on your weeks of um, of your pregnancy. These things have not been developed in her. So we're trying to give you a heads up. When they went, they started talking, they're saying all this, I just shut them all out. And I started to pray. I said, Lord, if you just bless my baby, I will serve you with my whole heart, my, all my mind, all my soul for real, for real. Yeah. Because before I went to church, I served, but my relationship with God was just, okay. I know the word I know church. Um, but it, I didn't have a real relationship with God. Right. So on my back, my husband and my son was next to the little couch thing. They were asleep. And these doctors were standing over me, giving me their disclaimers. And I pressed in. I said, Lord, help my baby. Save my baby. Bless my baby. And, oh, my gosh, Kiana, I get misty thinking about that because God did. God is faithful. Yes. God is faithful. And God is love. My daughter, she had to stay in a neonatal unit. She was a preemie, and she had to stay in the hospital. But I declared, hear me now. I said, my baby will go home with me. They wouldn't release me because I had a fever, and I had to stay a couple of extra days. (sighs) When I tell you that when I look at my daughter now, she graduated out of 601 students. My baby graduated number nine. That's awesome. Um, yeah, a very intelligent young lady, strong. She When um, she came out, they, she was born in November. And she had to take RSV shots, it's, uh, a couple of respiratory, respiratory shot to help them um, build their lungs up. Um, I don't know all the technology and science behind it, but it was needed for her because she was born in the winter to protect her for her immune system. And I remember even that was paid for. We couldn't afford it. It was like um, um, the shots were very expensive, but the Lord is faithful. Um, My insurance only covered part of it. Um, But anyway, just that moment, my daughter being born healthy, the fact that she's very intelligent. Every time she did something, I just saw the hand of the Lord all over her growing up. Right. Um, So. That was my shifting point from religious to having a real relationship with God. And when I saw how things worked out, even with her, I began to thirst for God's word. I began to seek God um, on a whole nother level, right? It wasn't just church for me. It was worship, right? And that's when I really started to spiritually mature and grow in God. Um, I remember laying across my bed and reading God's word. And at first time, it was just like words on the page, right? Like, okay, mm-hmm. it was just words. But I began to pray, "Say Lord, help me. And it, I promise you, I felt like the words lifted from the page and that the living word, for real, for real, came through where I, I felt the presence of God while reading God's word. Mm-hmm. It was a shifting for me. Um, so, yeah, um, that's where it was 99 when things shifted. Um it was in that same rent house in 2004 when God called me into ministry and the same place where I was being broken, God called me. Yeah. Wow. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. That's amazing. So what type of ministry do you do? I know you have a radio station, but like, what do you do? What type of ministries are you involved in right now?
1: Yes. um, The radio station is Kingdom Expansion Broadcast Network, K-E-B-N Radio. And that's a whole testimony in itself as to how I acquired the radio station. Um, I was actually doing another part of ministry called Life Through Art. Life Through Art is a Christian open mic where people come from near and far um, and share their gifts and talents. Um, I normally have a featured artist because it was birthed because... I'm the kind of I love to have fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm um people, I just like to have fun. I like to see people laugh, I like people feel I like like me upbeat that um that's just me right that's my personality i'm goofy i'm you know i'm corny It's all get out but i've embraced my corniness Uh, i don't care what you say you may say oh that's corny i know i know it's corny but i've embraced my corniness um but i love to have fun i love to have people smile i'm the kind of person that someone's um, a room full of people and someone's standing by themselves i'm gonna go to the person that's standing by them so hey what's up what's going on with you and strike up a conversation right um, so Life Through Art was one of those ministries that I created because I like to have fun. I love good food. I love good music, um, so that was my out. I said, God, you called me. Now, you know, I, before I, I was saved for real, Kiana, I was the one throwing up parties on, on, on in college. You know, it was going down, right? One um, um, Party till the, till the lights come on at the club, shutting it down because we were going to dance all night, right? I said, God, you called me, so uh, this is, part of me. So Life Through Art is that extension is where, you know, you can have a good time and not be drunk, right? right? And have a good time without doing drugs. You're gonna have a good time. You're gonna have great music you're gonna have that's gonna feed your soul. Um so Life Through Art is one of those ministries. And I was doing that for a period of time and someone uh, a friend of mine reached out to me. She said, hey, you know, would you like to have a show on my network? So Life Through Art became peculiar people where the audio version of Life Through Art was my radio show right, right? Okay. so uh the radio show was doing going just fine and she said hey i'm thinking about change um selling the the uh the network um uh, my internet radio station and i asked lord who should i you know pitch it to and you were one of those people i'm like no nah, you got the wrong one because i was in i was in um seminary i was um, earning my master's degree um and I'm like, no, I don't got time for that. You know, right. I got too much on my plate. No, ma'am. And she said, just think about it. You know, the, the, when we say when we really don't want to do something. Well, I'll pray about it. Yeah, I didn't pray. <laughs> I didn't pray, child. I just went on about my little life. And she called me back about a week or two later. She says, um, have you made a decision? I said, no, it's really not for me. And she said, before you say no, I need you to come and have lunch with me. I'm an entrepreneur by heart right i'm always the one think I'm, I'm the one that's going to get somebody else to sell my girl scout got cookies right um anyway i met with her she showed me the numbers she showed me how everything worked and i went to, she said i'm giving you just a 3 days i need an answer in 3 days she pushed me i'm like girl i'm like in my mom I'm thinking i mean my mom I'm like no but after my meeting with her and knowing all the facts And I tell anyone before you say no to anything, do your due diligence. So I went to my husband, I said, Hey, um, this is something that I'm considering. And my husband is so, he is so, he's a cool dude. And he's from day one, he's always supported me. He said, if this is what you really want to do, then go for it. You know, he's always had my back, Um, but he's a no nonsense kind of guy. It got to make sense. Right. Um, So I said, he said, three days. I said, Lord, I need to know in three days if it's something I'm supposed to do. On that Sunday, which was the second day, um, I was a, a guest on someone else's radio sta- station. And I went in person. This is way before COVID, years yeah. ago, um, in person on the show. And I went to the bathroom. And on my way back from the bathroom, the owner of the of the radio station was at the door. We met. And I don't know what it is about me, Kiana, but people tell me all their business. I don't ask for it. I don't be prying. They just tell me all their business. And this brother told me, he said, everything in this radio station is going to the pawn shop. Whatever I don't sell is going to the pawn shop. I'm selling everything. Um, so-and-so does not know this is his last show. Um, I'm in a situation where i um here, yeah, a family situation, and he needs to sell everything. That was my sign because this, you know, I had three days. It's the second day. And I said, okay. And I gave pause. I said, Lord, is this you? (laughs) I'm so serious. And I said, okay, well, I'll make you an offer. Um, I'll give you X amount of dollars for everything in this radio station. I'm talking about the microphones. I'm talking about the computers. I'm talking about the server. I'm talking about the furniture, desk, couch, pictures, everything. Chairs, everything, everything, everything. Um, and he looked at me like, "I'm like, yeah." And the the money that I offered him was not nearly the price where he would have got, um, you know, for it uh, retail, or um, they probably got less than at the pawn shop. But the, the the amount of money that I offered him for everything was not truly um, just. When I started doing the calculations. Um, but he said, yeah, he was, you know, he's like, yeah, I'll take it. Wow. And all that stuff was in my formal dining area. We never used this room. Um, it's all the stuff was collected in my space. And that was God. It was nothing but God. So KBN was birth. Well, actually, um, KBN was, uh, um, acquired, Um, K-E-B-N were the initials of the original owner, but the Lord gave me kingdom expansion broadcast network, whereas K-E-B-N were the first and first and last initials of the owner, the original owner. And the Lord said, it's going to be a kingdom broadcast. And when I think kingdom, I think about inclusivity. I think about worldwide network is not just one show. So, KBN is one. Life Through Art is um, the Christian open mic. KBN is the radio station. Um, the Lord uh, told me on April 25th, 2004, I will preach. Um, so, God called me into ministry April 25th. It was a Sunday. I'm sitting in the choir stand. Child, don't ask me to leave no song. I can't, I'll I, I hold my note. I'm going to stay right there. I am not a uh, soloist, but I was in the choir stand singing and um, we had a guest ministry that day and our pastor rarely have um, guest ministers at 11 o'clock service and sitting in the pew, I mean in the choir stand the guest minister said everyone be quiet musicians stop playing and he asked the church to sit still and be quiet and in that moment the Lord spoke to me and says and you too will preach my word and I'm thinking oh, oh. You know, like, no, you talk, I'm I'm serious. I'm looking around like, and we had an afternoon service that I was wearing green pants and a white shirt with a colorful uh, scarf. Don't never forget this, Kiana. So that three o'clock service, um, we had another service um, um, in Fort Worth, 30, 45 minutes down the street. I rode with another minister. We get to a stop sign. And almost to the church, and I'm trying to process in my mind what happened at 11. And before I told her, I said, uh, Reverend, and she said, the Lord asked me to ask you, are you going to preach? Before I even get it out my mouth, she confirmed what the Lord already already said to me at 11. Wow. One morning, I get home, and I said, I told my son, put your shoes on. We're getting ready to go to the church. He said, well, Mama, are you going to preach? I'm like, boy, just put your shoes on. Don't be playing with me. I'm looking him like, so the word was confirmed. Um, it was, I'm like, I said, yes. And I'm still saying yes. So KBN is the radio station. Life through art is a Christian open mic. And after seminary, board of examiners is a process we go through to be prepared for ministry. In 2015, when I graduated my with my master's degree, um our bishop, uh, I'm a part of the African Methodist Episcopal Church, um sent me out to pastor my first church. Awesome. So, um that was in Dallas. Beautiful, uh, it was a small little church, great people, best place for a new pastor to be. And here uh, now I'm in um, several other churches, a couple of the churches in between. Now I'm in another location um, serving another um, church in Fort Worth. And so pastoring is not for the faint of heart. Pastoring is like and it is so funny because all through my training, they ask me, do you want to preach? Um, no, do you want to pastor? And. I flippantly asked said no I didn't I didn't want to preach God called me to preach like no I don't want you know like I didn't answer the question directly because I didn't know right because I knew what the Lord said to me saying you two will preach right mm-hmm. and I'm like no because I see what I see what y'all go through I don't know I'm not signing up for that right I didn't I'm, so that was my you know, there's a game we used to play in college, questions. You couldn't answer a question. You had to ask a question. Yes. So you couldn't answer the question directly. So they asked, Do you want a pastor? I said, um, no, I didn't really want to preach. Um uh, no, I said I don't I didn't want to preach. I never answered the question. I was in uh Philadelphia, Pennsylvania, missed my flight because it was um iced over, snowed in, couldn't get out, and I was in my hotel room. And I just began to pray and I'm like, Lord, show me. When I did get home, my aunt had passed and I'm sitting at the funeral and the pastor knew me. I grew up in this church and she asked me, do you want to sit with your family or do you want to serve? I said, I just want to be with my family. And I sat back and observed. And I promise you, you know, all the little things that you put on the little um, um, viewer, viewer cameras.
0: I know you're talking about, yeah.
1: Sitting in the church, I saw scene by scene by scene how the, I saw myself in that, that role of leading God's people and serving and officiating. I, it was just like, I didn't ask for this. So here we are to date, still serving God's people in the capacity of pastoring. Um, so those are the ministries that God have on my hand. I have a, a love for the arts. I have a love for music and I have a love for people. So let
0: me ask you, if there was someone out there who was looking for God, searching for God, based off of your experience, what advice would you give them?
1: Be honest. Be honest. Um I can't think real fast, but and there's scripture saying, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. Yes. Um, I would say. Cast out whatever someone told you about God and sit still and say and be real with God. Be honest. There's nothing you can ever say that God doesn't already know. So just be honest. Say, Lord, I'm I need to see that you're real. Show me. And the Lord, I believe the Lord will answer in a way that you will know and have an aha moment. Like, yeah, nobody but God knew this. Nobody but God could do that. Nobody but God, right? So when we think about an omnipotent God, when we think about an omnipresent God, an all-knowing God, and for someone to come and be real, like you already know everything about me. I I don't like this religious stuff. I don't like this or that. I was hurt by this or that. I see this or that. Put it all on the line. There's nothing you could ever think or say. Just be honest and real with God. Because oftentimes we come with pre you know pretenses, thinking we have to, you know, yes, um we have to be a certain way or know a certain thing. I just I just believe God wants us to be our authentic self. When I look at the Psalms, when I look at the Psalms that David had written, when I look at um some of the prophets of old, even Elijah, yeah. um you know, he um uh, hid in the cave after he had to throw down with um um Jezebel and, and Baal. He was. He said, "What are you doing here?" And he says, "You know, I'm the only one. All different. There was other prophets, right? Yeah. He he, had, he was. He shared what he was thinking, right? Yeah. And God carried carried his prophet. You know. And it's like I think about that when we're honest before God and say, Lord, this is how I'm feeling. This is where my heart is. This is where my mind is. Show me." What I'm
2: missing.
1: It's like, you know, Saul, Paul, he had to have his own encounter on the road to Damascus. And thank goodness for Ananias. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So it's like sometimes you can't tell people, you know, sometimes you can't tell people stuff because they look at you upside their head like, you know, yeah, right, you know, yeah. Right. But Paul, well, Saul at that time, he had to be, you know, arrested. Literally, why are you persecuting me? Is that you, Lord? So that person who is searching for God and has been hurt, disappointed, disgusted, turned off, I would say, be real with God and say, Lord, search me, show me. And I really believe God will speak to that person in a way they will understand and comprehend.
0: I like that. I absolutely love that. Thank you so much, Fia, for being on the show. I appreciate you being here. I love your story. It's truly amazing. And I know a lot of people are going to be able to relate to what you're saying today. So thank you so much for sharing your story with us.
1: Thank you so much for having me, Kiana. Wow,
0: what an amazing interview. My favorite part of the interview is when Fia was talking about how she was tired at her job and she was frustrated and she was like, God, this is not for me. And she let God know that she kind of wanted to do something better. And it's amazing how God worked things out. Now, it wasn't the way she expected for God to work things out, but God worked it out according to his plan for her life, and it all turned around and worked out perfectly for her. So I just want to encourage you guys out there, if there is something that you've asked God for, and you wonder why all of a sudden things just seem to be out of order, why things aren't working out for you, just know that it could be that it's because God is answering your prayers. Sometimes in order for God to give us the thing that we ask for and the thing that we desire, he has to remove some things out of our lives, remove some people, remove Some situations. So just know that whatever you ask God for, that He's working it out and that you just need to trust Him and believe and know God's got this and it's going to be all right. The song that we're going to hear today is from our artist of the week, Sin Assassin, and we're going to be listening to his single, What You Say.
2: Most high, I'ma praise you, I'ma lift you high, God, cause your worst is most high, oh God. I, oh, I, I don't care how they hate on, me, hate on me. God, you're the one and only just, just. Stones, uh. You're the reason I praise you, you're the reason I sing, Lord. you're the reason I do this sit so i live for you now i don't care about opinions or people that are trying to put me down now am tall guys got my back front in my side front and my side you fight for me something like my bodyguard. his truth is what i mean dedicate my life to his will and his purpose now god should be your focus. Plus people's dying People's Lives hey, are hey, you say you say hey,
0: podcast i would like to thank you so much for being here with me today and listening to another inspirational story of how people find god if you love the podcast as much as i love spending time with you i encourage you to share this week's episode with a friend or family member and make sure that you like and follow the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts i will also love it if you will leave a review for the podcast so that you can let me know how much you are enjoying the show if you would like to get in contact with fia myself, or Sin Assassin, all of our contact information can be found in the show notes, and all you have to do is click on the links below, and you will definitely be able to get in contact with us. If you would like to be a guest on the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes, and let me know that you would like to be a guest, and I will make sure that I get in contact with you and schedule a day and time for you to record an interview. If you would like to submit music to the podcast, click on the email address in the show notes and send me an email letting me know that you would like to submit a song for the show. In this email, send me a picture, a short bio, and an mp3 of the song that you would like to submit. Well, I think that's all for now. So until next week, have an amazing day and a wonderful weekend. Bye-bye.